Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psycho's Patreon exclusive. Join me for the ultimate Teen Mom deep dive. This is more than just a recap show. I'll scour the internet to bring you all the best drama that MTV didn't air. From police reports to deleted tweets, I've got the details on all the fights, breakups, and arrests of our favorite MTV train wrecks. If you think the moms bring the drama on TV, just wait until you hear what really happened. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hi guys, welcome back to Feathers in My Hair. Before I get started, I just want to let everyone know that our free version of Feathers in My Hair is now available on Stitcher and Google Play. I'm not quite sure what Google Play is, but I do know what Stitcher is and it's available now. So if you're an Android user, go find us on Stitcher. Second of all, I am recording in my bedroom at my mom's place and everybody's home and there's a dog here that barks. So if you hear the dog in the background, I apologize. I'm in another room, but I unfortunately can't control the dog barking. So hopefully we won't hear her, but I just want to give you a fair warning And I am very pleased to welcome my guest, my dear, dear guest, Jessie. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Jessie. Hi. I'm very excited to talk about this episode. I know I needed, I knew I needed to bring another person on this week. This was a crazy episode. (laughs) It it really re-sparked my love for Teen Mom because it was it was a lot to process. I watched it three times just to really take in, you know, every moment. And I respect that. I actually watched it twice, which I don't always do. Sometimes I'll watch it twice, but I I did watch this one twice because I wanted to watch it a second time when I wasn't taking notes so I could really watch what was happening on screen because, unfortunately, like, it can be hard sometimes when I'm taking notes, like, really watch every frame and I felt like some Mm -hmm. of these scenes demanded like a frame by frame attention oh yes when you know when the big moment happens I actually paused it and skipped second by second so I could see where everyone was on the stage (laughs) and how they were moving it it, because it they didn't do a good job of filming but we'll get to that do you still do your tumblr I do Plug your Tumblr right here because Jesse does the best and funniest screen caps. Like, I am obsessed with Jesse's screen caps. She gets those, um, like, the captions in there perfectly. They're always HD quality. I, like, send her moments. I'm like, screen cap that for me. Because she just, <laughs> she's using her graphic design degree, like, to the fullest extent. <laughs> I'm really getting a lot for my money and my degree. So plug your... Uh, Tumblr right now. Yes, it is uh, teenmomtrashtreasures.tumblr.com. Great. And you can, I I started doing my gifts, not my gifts, my screen caps again. So good because the screen caps are so good. And this episode was full of them. So, so many. Okay. Okay. So we're obviously not going to go girl by girl because this was one of those episodes that just went. There wasn't, like, I mean, they, like, did it a little bit, like, this is her, but obviously this episode went, like, in chronological order. 
So it yeah. starts with like Dr. Drew and Nessa, who, by the way, this is like the prettiest Nessa's ever looked. I think Nessa's very pretty mm-hmm. in general, but like she looked incredible. The straight hair was like, it looked so good. Her makeup was like really toned down. Like she just looked so good. I agree. She she had a different spirit about her too, and I really like missed her. <laughs> so Dr. Drew and Ness are on stage and they're like, you might have heard of the drama that went down. So we get, first of all, it's called Behind the Screams, which is actually hilarious. <laughs> I, I was trying to find it on my TV and I was like looking through the episodes and I was looking for... Um, Reunion. You know, like the reunion and then I was like what the fuck is behind the screen I was like oh that's the finale <laughs> what which by the way I looked on MTV scheduling and we're getting two full reunion episodes after this which feels like a lot um, that is a lot <laughs> I feel like they could condense it down to one hour I feel like here's also my I I think I've made it clear I've never been a fan of the Team Mom reunions. I don't think most of these like storylines require reunions, especially now that they're filming like back to back to back. I'd rather just see like yeah. whatever's going on in their storylines playing out next season. Like I don't need Joe and Kale to like come up and talk about their thoughts and feelings on the custody situation. I think breaking the fourth wall makes them even less necessary because I think reunions yeah. add something interesting on say the housewives because it's the one time they break the fourth wall and they can be like we're mm-hmm. filming like we had to show up because we're filming and they can kind of get more into the I mean they still don't like talk so much about production but they get they're acknowledging that they're filming a show and that they're doing this because they're on a show mm-hmm. which they don't do during the season but on a show like Teen Mom where they've broken the fourth wall it's like I don't know. They talk so much during the season and they talk about filming. They talk about like, if we didn't have the fourth wall broken, I would love to see a reunion where Kale's like, Javi's thirsty as fuck because when cameras come around, like he acts completely differently. But because they can say that during the season, it's like, what do we need a reunion for? I totally agree. And the thing is, other reunions, they never talk about Anything that really happened that season, like, they softballed them questions. Mm-hmm. So, they they did this last time. They gave us, like, this big drama right before the reunion. And then you get to the reunion, and it's just nothing. It's like Kale talking about 50-50 custody for the 10th year in a row. Like, Truly. I don't, I, I don't care. Like... <laughs> Yeah. After Leah screaming monkey, nothing interesting has happened on a reunion. Besides maybe like Amber trying to hit Farah. And not for nothing, monkey came before they broke the fourth wall. I think that was maybe their last season before they'd broken the fourth wall. I think you're right. If not, it was the season after that. But that was pre, when Leah was getting high, that was all before fourth wall being broken. Could you imagine if if they had broken walls, like, the season she was very high and, like, when the car, when all the trash tumbled down on Addie. Yeah, I think they, I think the next season was the first season they broke the fourth wall because I'm remembering that was the season that they were showing, like, the the clocks in Leah's house a lot. And it was, like, Mm -hmm. we would see the cameras in her car a lot more that season. So, yeah, that Leah's monkey season must have been the last season, huh? 
Wow, it's crazy to think that they ever didn't have the fourth wall broken. I know. I'm. Um, me and Summer are going to rewatch Teen Mom together, and I'm going to like really pay attention to when all those shifts happen because the. I mean, I never really paid attention to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it, it's interesting to see like those the changes shifts, in the show, the production mm-hmm. shifts. Yeah, I think absolutely. Okay, so basically, the we get like one quick second of Brianna at home in Florida and then they're in New York and Brie basically is like look the episodes are airing now and a ton of drama is going on between me and Kale and this was actually okay so this reunion took place I think when they were airing part two they just aired part two of like the the beginning of this season of that reunion drama which I think they uh-huh. did on purpose. I think they moved up the reunion because Chelsea was pregnant and they wanted her there. But I also think they were like, we've got these fucking explosive episodes and this huge Kale and Brie drama. Like, let's get them in here now uh, before, like, any... Because we know Javi and Brie broke up. So we don't mm-hmm. want... We don't want them to come in after, like, Javi and Brie have already broken up on air and, like, things have way cooled down. I think they strategically planned this reunion because they don't normally film when they've only showed two episodes. I know. I thought, I think you're right because that's so crazy. I was, like, trying to pinpoint back when um, when it happened. And I was like, man, they filmed the reunion forever ago. Like, that was months ago. Yeah. Like, that is so strange that they would do that. That doesn't make any sense. But yeah. that does make sense. So, Bree says that she and Javi haven't spoken since Miami, and the production basically asks her, like, what her feelings about Kale are, and Bree's like, I don't care for her. And I just want to say, so you and I kind of texted about this earlier, and I think it's really important to look at how both Kale and Bree came into the reunion, and I think Bree clearly, mm-hmm. and how, like, their friends and family around them came into the reunion, because I think it's very clear that Brie came into the reunion talking shit, not liking Kale. But in my opinion, I do not think Brie came in with any intentions to fight Kale. I think she was going to come in, maybe make a snide remark when Kale walked away. And be like, <laughs> okay, Kale. You know, like, I think she would have done yeah. that, like, after the Ask the Mom special. Been like, <laughs> okay, Kale, <laughs> you want to act all big and bad? <laughs> and that would have been it. Like, I don't think Brie really even came with any intents to, like, get into a verbal altercation with her. Um, and I can, I feel like her family and the way they're talking in this scene makes it pretty obvious. Because nobody's talking about, like, well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You better make, like, they're all pretty chill. They're all like, ugh, whatever. Like, she's really mad, but we can't do anything about it. It's annoying. Like, she needs to get over it. But nobody, I feel like nobody's egging Brianna. At least, like, not Charlie, Brittany, or Roxanne are egging Brianna on. Brianna's not talking about fighting. Nobody's talking about confrontations. They're all just like, ugh, Kale needs to chill. Yeah, exactly. It's more so, like, Bree is, Kale's a part of her experience at the reunion that she has to deal with, but for Kale, Bree is the reunion. Like yes. she has been salivating, thinking about going to the reunion and Which confronting Bree. We should set up. We should just acknowledge that like, Kale had been tweeting and talking on her podcast about wanting to throw hands. Like Kale had been openly talking about fighting Brianna. Yeah, and 
it's not a good look for Kale. No. So, Bree's like, look, I get that I messed around with her ex. And Roxanne was like, after she cheated and had a baby nine months later, which, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, fair. <laughs> I mean, I still say, like, I think it's reasonable that Kale was pissed at Javi and Bree. I do. Like, I'm... I'm not even, like, a jealous person, but I would be very annoyed if I was Kale in that situation. I said last week, like, it's very obvious to me that the main reason Kale was mad is because now Javi was able to get a storyline that didn't involve her and that she had no control over. And I get why it was, like, annoying and frustrating, but I still maintain that Kale's biggest mistake was allowing Javi, Brie, or MTV to ever see her sweat. And mm-hmm. acting like a true friend betrayed her. Like, she was acting. Her proportion of anger on camera this whole time has been so next level for, like, what was actually happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the thing with Kale is, like, Kale is the most self-conscious of yes. most of the cast. And I, I would be that, too. If I felt very self-conscious and I had a lot of people always commenting on my looks, Yes. Which people do. That's the main thing they talk about with Kale. Yeah. And then he, my ex-husband, immediately starts dating another cast member who is, who people think is pretty. I would be very angry. Especially if that person was someone I went on vacations with and got plastic surgery with. I think also another factor that I was thinking about when I watched this the second time around was how obvious Kale's life revolves around Teen Mom and Brianna's does not. And I don't mean that even as a knock on Kale, but the reality is this has been Kale's job for almost 10 years. Kale's not had another job. How old is Isaac or Lincoln now? He's like almost five or he just turned four. Mm -hmm. Like she hasn't had another job in four or five years. Like her whole identity is Teen Mom, and I don't think Breeze is. Bree still has her nine to five. Bree has her friends. She has family. Like she hasn't been on the show that long. She's not Bree from Teen Mom in her head. I don't think so. When Bree says like, "We see each other once a year," like who gives a fuck? I think Bree mm-hmm. is coming from a perspective of like. Kale really has no impact on my life because Teen Mom isn't even that big a part of my life yet. Remember, she's making, at this point, she's still in the B side of her contract. She's made almost no money from this. Yeah, she's, like, getting her Instagram ads, and this is definitely, like, a big part of her life. But this girl's still going to work. Like, she still has a normal life. And mm-hmm. so when, for Kale to be, like, acting like they're coworkers, Bree's like, you're not my coworker. <laughs> like... I see you once a year, but for Kale, Brie has come into, like, her entire identity and has stepped into a a very, very small bubble that Kale's been living in for almost 10 years. And I can understand a little bit more why Kale is kind of so obsessive about Brie being there and, like, Brie's attitude or whatever, like, feeling like she needs to defend her turf against Brie, that I don't think Brie has that attitude because it's just not Brie's reality. Yeah, and I'm. I think Kale's new goal is to get Bree kicked off the show. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. That's her goal, and she's also trying to. Well, we'll get there. But she's like convinced production set her up, and I, I feel like fifty fifty on that. I think production was doing what they do all the time. 
You know what I like? Mm-hmm. I think production is always setting them up. I don't think they were like really setting Kale up to get into a fight. But I think production knew it could escalate. But I think Kale knows that that's what production does. So I don't see what's different about it this time, you know? Yeah, like they they just want them to talk so that they all yell at each other. And she always, like, you should know by now that every situation when they want you to talk to the other person, that's what they want. Yeah. So the one more thing that I want to talk about in this scene is that Brie mentions that Janelle isn't coming and then says, this is so fucking weird. Janelle says to her that, don't worry, my mom will be there and Barb will tell Kale off if you need her to. Which is so fucking weird. I don't think Barbara has a problem with Kale. Barbara doesn't even know Brianna. And also, like, how much are Barb and Janelle talking that she's, like, offering? I I just, I thought that was so, when she said that, I was like, what? Yeah, like, in Janelle's head, she, um, she could still contact Barbara and be like, hey, if, you know, if Brianna, Brianna needs anything, help her out. And that, that Barbara would like blindly take Brianna's side because she's Janelle's friend. Yeah. It makes Which me- maybe, maybe honestly, but you know, it just, her reasoning when she said that, I was like, what? Yeah. It's so, so, so weird. So we get a scene of Jamie and Janelle and Janelle says she's not going. Everybody hates each other. Um, Jamie, who is, as once again, Janelle's, like, rational down-to-earth, the only rational down-to-earth people, person in all of her scenes, is, like, it's, it's a real shame that you guys don't get along. Like, you should have a sisterhood, which I agree with. It is a shame that they don't get along, because they've all been through a very unique thing together, and it sucks that, like, dra- like, useless drama is in the way. Like, nobody, they don't have to be best friends, but I think it's sad that they mm-hmm. can't all be in the room together, you know, like that. Yeah, that's pretty pathetic that they're almost all at that level. And I did like Jamie is like so Barbara likes Nathan now, even though when you guys were together, because remember, guys, Jamie has been friends with Janelle since Janelle's with Nathan. So she's like, so when you and Nathan were together, she like would not talk to Nathan, would not even try and get along with him. But now they're, like, all buddy-buddy. And I was like, yeah, Jamie. It's, yeah. I'm I'm glad she brought it up, though. Because whether you hate Janelle or not, I mean, it is true. Like, yeah. Nathan's done nothing to redeem himself. No. Nathan is the same Nathan he was when he was dating Janelle, if not worse. Yeah. So, and I will, I would bet every dollar I own and would own in the future that if Janelle and Barbara got back together, that she would try to get Janelle to get full custody of Kaiser. Yeah, of course. And wouldn't blink an eye would say it on, I mean, she's done that before where she said that on TV. Yeah. Okay. So we had a scene of Nathan, his girlfriend, Ashley, his friend, Josh, who is my arch nemesis. And, um, Barbara talking and Nathan's like so who did you bring and Barbara's like well Colin and Jace he's like is your daughter coming I it it sends chills down my arms when Nathan refers to Janelle in like 
my ex, your daughter, he never says her name and it creeps me out so bad for some reason. I am so glad you brought it up because I have like a bunch of notes on it and like what I think it, why he, I think that he does that on purpose. Yes. Like a manipulation tactic well, he does to it hurt as, her. Yeah. And he like does it as a possession because it's not Janelle, mm-hmm. it's my ex. Your daughter. Like, yeah. She, and also like to be like, I don't even refer to you in front of my yeah. girlfriend. Like you aren't an entity. He did it with, mm-hmm. when he was with Jessica too. He would talk about my ex Janelle. Like he's mm-hmm. been doing this. Like, oh, it's just so, there's just something so weird and creepy about it. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> I, I completely agree. It just completely just like really bothered me when he said it. And so they talk about how David won't be there so it's going to be the most drama free weekend in New York and Barb was like I can't believe she didn't get charges from pulling this gun and I first of all I love that Barbara described it like we didn't all read the same articles like as she did (laughs) you know like like Nate didn't know and then we get this well first of all Ashley goes why was Jace even in the front seat which is funny because all the episodes hadn't aired yet and Barbara lets Jace ride in the fucking front seat he's in the front seat because Barbara lets him ride there yeah Barbara's like I'm not going to answer that one because I also do it yeah Barbara like didn't even like acknowledge that I mean Ashley's correct Jace should not have been in the front seat but I just thought it was funny that she said that as like a talk shit on Janelle to Barb but Barbara lets Jace ride in the front seat <laughs> Yeah, like the apple does not fall far from that tree. Nate says something about the homophobic lifestyle that David and Janelle live, <laughs> which is like it was just funny to hear the homophobic lifestyle. Like it's just so obvious that Nate does not know what he's talking about, and he's very stupid, which he gets even more stupid in about a second. But like. A homophobic lifestyle is, like, not a phrase. Like, nobody would describe somebody's lifestyle as homophobic. Like, it's just... He's thinking of... He put... He's thinking of the homosexual lifestyle, which is something that I guarantee you he said because he's homophobic, too. That's the thing, is, like, he's so stupid, but he's smart enough to know not to fuck with that. Yeah, he, Like, you can tell that he is... Anymore. Yeah, you can... No, like, I mean, by saying it, yeah. he still does. Yeah. I'm saying he's smart enough to know he can't say it out loud. I mean, he <laughs> used to, but he now doesn't. he doesn't. Yeah. Well, you can tell he still does it because he doesn't even know, like, the language around it. Like yeah. you were saying, like, he's a, a homophobic lifestyle. You're like, oh, you just are, you just are only smart enough to know to be against that on Because you know, like, he says... Well, I just don't agree. He doesn't have a Southern accent. He's like, I just don't agree with homosexual lifestyles. But I, you know, those gays can do whatever. Because he's like a pretend Christian. So, you know, he uses like that exact Christian lingo. The homosexual lifestyle. Oh, God. It's it's a lot. I also really loved his um, rambling about a judge, an officer, or a homeless person. (laughs) First, he goes, even a homeless person wouldn't know how, wouldn't know that that's not a way to raise someone. I'm like, cute classism there, Nate. Like, yeah, like homeless people, like, aren't idiots. Like, 
every I would I'm, I bet that most homeless people you would stop in like a hundred foot radius of him are smarter than him. Yeah. So then we find out that <laughs> Nate. <laughs> I can't. It's so funny. Nate filed um, a complaint, but didn't know that he had to be, what did he say? The defendant? No, I think he he wrote. No, no, no. um, What did he call it when the first time he said it? I think he called it a (laughs) defendant. So basically, if you guys don't know that. When custody was first established, Janelle was the petitioner and Nathan was the defendant. And that's how custody was established. So anytime they go in to do any sort of modification to their custody agreement, Janelle will always be plaintiff and he will always be the defense as he says. Because they're just doing modifications to the original order. This is not a whole new custody order. I don't even know if there can be a whole new custody order because they're modifying like the current agreement and then... For as long as they're, like, in some sort of custody battle, they're just going to keep modifying, keep modifying, keep modifying. So Janelle will always be plaintiff. Plaintiff, Janelle, or David will always be, not David, Nate will always be defendant. Nate apparently doesn't have a lawyer and file, like, that's what I'm confused about. Because he goes, and did you see the look on Barbara's face when he said that? She goes, what a, you could just see in her head, she's like, what a you can fucking idiot. Fucking idiot. <laughs> Like, she, she didn't even have words. She's she, like, she I didn't say a word. Kristen and Chris, and this is how good of a fucking producer Kristen is. And I know so some good. of you guys hate her, and you think she's shady and soulless and blah 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 blah. Kristen knows Barbara so fucking well. She saw that look on Barbara's face and knew that Barbara wasn't going to dig into it because she was like, this fucking idiot. I can't even say anything about it. So Kristen, after I guarantee you, Kristen looked at Barbara. Knew Barbara was not going to question him on that. And that's when Kristen goes, so wait, what? <laughs> like, thank you, Kristen. Because Kristen hadn't been involved at all in that conversation. There had been no producers involved in that conversation. But she's so good at her job that she saw that Barbara was get, like not going to question him on that. Because you know Barbara was pissed when he said that. That was like her <laughs> pissed, stupid face. Like, you're an idiot face. Because she... I, and I, you know, I do believe in my heart, and I've said this, that Barbara is very worried for Kaiser. I do believe that. Yeah. Um, as any, like, normal, rational human being would be. And what I think is, I think Barbara thinks that, like, it's better for Nate to get Kaiser because then his girlfriend will just raise him. Like, I, like, I think she probably just assumes, like, oh, well, Ashley will be there. Like, and Doris will be there. It will be fine. And it'll be better than David and Janelle, which, like, I don't necessarily blame her for. I think a lot of us, like, I think we all agree that Kaiser should not be with David and Janelle. I don't necessarily like, I don't like the way that Barbara's going about this. I don't think she needs to be buddy-buddy with Nathan and, like, talking shit about Janelle to Nathan. But I do think, like, her thing is, like, we just need to get Kaiser out of there. And... I just thought it was so funny, like, that Barbara heard that, and you could tell she was like, is this guy serious? Like, and why does Nate not have a fucking lawyer? Uh, I can't, I don't even understand. Like, Who, why is he, he filing anything by himself? He had a lawyer in the original custody issues. Doris like, had I'm a lawyer. If, 
Yeah, like, I'm concerned if Nathan even knows how to read, honestly, like, like has any reading comprehension. And it doesn't seem like he does. But what I found so interesting about Barbara's face was that was the first time I realized that. Because sometimes I can't tell with Barbara if she thinks, like, you know, like, if she really thinks Nathan's a good parent or trusts him. And at that moment, I was like, oh, he really is a pawn, like, in her in her, like, I agree that with what she's doing, but she is twofold. manipulating him to do it. Yeah. And she knows he's stupid. Like, but yeah. she's like, oh, this is all I have. And the moment he said that, she was just like, I can not even pretend like that wasn't the stupidest fucking thing you just said. How, like, I just, you're filing, you find out that, like, your ex who has full custody of your child is pulling guns out on people and you don't hire a fucking lawyer. Yeah. And I'm, I feel like, and we've seen it is that Barbara is always giving Nathan, you know, advice yeah. for going to court. and He's never taking it. Yeah. Ugh. He's so stupid. He's so stupid. And Ashley just like stood there like an idiot. Like, Girl, are you not embarrassed? Yeah, she she seems relatively smart, so I just, I don't know how she's processing this. Also, here's my thing. If I'm Ashley, let's say I truly believe Nate is a great guy, he's changed, whatever the excuses that she uses are. If I'm Ashley, mm-hmm. I would never allow myself to be on TV associated with Janelle Evans. Uh, no. And what happened to her not being on TV? Nate convinced her to come on TV to make him more human. I guarantee you if Ashley wasn't on this season, people wouldn't be, like, buying into Nate's shit as much. Ugh. But seriously, like, could you imagine being in any way associated with Janelle and Barbara and David and all of their crazy, like, her name is forever attached to Janelle Evans now. Like, you're a psycho yeah. for doing that. Oh, man. It's just, I, I just don't know how you live in that type of delusion um, when you have so much evidence of, like, the person Nathan is and that you will be, you will be just like every one of his ex-girlfriends. Yeah. You play the same role. Yeah. Okay, now I want to talk about the only thing that I want to talk about when it comes to this Chelsea scene. Because I could not care less about her stupid fucking dramas for nerd shirts. Um, Don't even get me started on the fucking graphic design for those shirts. (laughs) And the amount of money that they sit on and they couldn't get someone that didn't use what I assume is clip art. Well, I think they're by her sister or her stepmom who, like, owns a printing company, which is even worse. Oh, God. Yeah. So here's my thing. Why the fuck did Chelsea bring her kids to that reunion? I feel like she may have done that as leverage. So that she knew when uh, it blew up, she could be like, my children were there? Yeah. Or, like, um, maybe saying they would come and then just being like, you know, actually, I think they're going to stay back. No, but I they... don't know. It, it felt like a, a power move on her part. I just think it's so weird that after the, like, if I'm Chelsea 
after that last reunion, like, my kids would have never been there again. After they heard, like, and Chelsea tweeted that um, when Nathan and Janelle and David were all screaming at each other that uh, Aubrey was, like, stuck on the other side of the hallway, which, I mean, is a little dramatic, but, like, because she had been playing with Jace, so she, Aubrey was, like, stuck on the other side of the hallway, and Cole had to, like, push through all of the adults screaming at each other to get che- to get Aubrey. If I'm Chelsea, I'd be like, yeah, go fuck yourself, MTV. My kids are never coming back to this environment because they're screaming backstage. I'm not doing it. Like, I just, I don't understand. And Chelsea then, like, Randy tweeted, like, Aubrey was in the green room watching the whole thing when the fight happened. I had to stand in front of the TV. And it's like, oh, why was God. Aubrey there? Like, why were why were Aubrey, Cole, and Watson in South Dakota? Because they're like those, like, little Russian dolls. It's Mandy is up Chelsea's ass, and Chelsea is up Cole's ass. Or even so, left like, the kids at home, like, with Mary. You know, I just... I, I just, I really, I don't understand why you would bring your kid. After, if I'm Leah, if I'm Chelsea, if I'm Kale even, I mean, we know Brianna's not leaving her kids at home. Yeah. Brianna's like, get in here, Nova. I'm going to beat this bitch up. <laughs> Grab her hair. Yeah. <laughs> Shirley Castella. <laughs> um, so, like. Sorry, Brie, you know I love you, but I can't include you in this. But if I'm one of the, like, more normal moms, for lack of better words, like, my kids would not be coming to a reunion. You'd be out of your fucking mind. No, yeah. I Yeah, it, it really doesn't make sense. I don't know, maybe because she also, like, the security blanket thing, she needs them in her presence. I think she needs Cole there, which, like, whatever, I, I can understand, like, that you want your husband there, you're pregnant, but it's like it's two days, and if you really need Cole there, like just leave the kids at home. I don't know. I just thought, I just thought it was so weird. I can't believe that Chelsea didn't take that stand. If her daughter was really like witness to the fucking insanity that was David, Nathan, and Janelle screaming at each other, like if my kids saw that in person, like my heart would be destroyed for them. Like, I would be so upset at myself for allowing my kid to be, like, in that situation of, like, the three dysfunctional rednecks screaming at each other. I would be like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and I yeah. I bet Aubrey, like, that was terrifying for Aubrey because I have a feeling, like, and they said it, I mean, and I thought it was, like, I think it's true when they're like, our kids aren't around that. And I believe that. Like, I believe Aubrey is not around adults yelling at each other. And not just yelling, like, they were screaming at each other. David screaming in Doris's face. Like, Nate screaming in Janelle's face. Like, if I'm a parent and my kid is not around adults yelling, like, and you and I can't relate to this because we grew up with, like, people screaming at each other all the time. We're we're the Jaces (laughs) in this situation. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I believed when Chelsea and Cole and Randy were talking and they're like, I mean, Aubrey, like, doesn't live a life like that. Like, she doesn't understand that. I would, like, Aubrey's, they're very lucky that Aubrey doesn't understand that. And if I'm them, I'm, like, making sure that Aubrey doesn't live a life like that and is never around those lunatics ever again. And that includes her dear friend, Kale. Mm Mm-hmm. The only thing I'll say, I'll, I'll defend her 
is I know it is probably really fun for the kids to go because they give them a bunch of presents, like when they get yeah. into the, you know, into their rooms and they, go to York, and they get and they to go play to with show. the other kids. Yeah. And like, I can understand maybe thinking like, okay, that won't happen this time, but it, it feels like Chelsea knew it was going to happen. Well, she did. And it's really, in my opinion, it's like a fool me once situation. Like I understand if I, so the last year's reunion, I think if I saw that, I would have been like mad at MTV, but like, what are you going to do? She had no way of knowing that that was going to happen, but it's like, mm-hmm. I feel like last year set a precedent for reunions and anybody that didn't realize that's a fucking idiot. And none of the other kids were there, right? Except Jace. Um, Jace was there, but I mean, <laughs> Jace is a lot like Brie. Yeah, I mean, and Nova and yeah, Stella were there too. Like, like if that tells you anything, like the only other kids there were Jace, Nova, and Stella. Yeah, like even Leah didn't bring her kids. <laughs> yeah. Kale didn't bring her kids. Leah, didn't... like Chelsea, you're not in good company. If Jace, Nova, yeah. and Stella are the only other children there. Like, read read the room there. <laughs> okay, so Chelsea goes to do Kale's podcast. And, okay, I did think Ugh. it was kind of funny that she was like, I don't want to be involved in any drama. And it's like, so why are you even doing a podcast with Kale? Why are you even on this show? Like, Well, true. <laughs> Just, I, I don't like that line. But I do think she might, it might have been coded for what was to come yeah i think chelsea made it very clear that she knew what was going to happen yeah because like after i rewatched it it's very obvious that everyone kale's interacting with knows she's gonna fight her like she's talked about it because everyone seemed pretty annoyed with kale yeah and and chelsea seemed very annoyed with kale and was just like look you have to understand if I'm not getting involved and I leave, like I'm pregnant and which I, I, I would have been fair. Okay. I have been giving Randy and Chelsea some shit online this week. Cause I find their tweets very obnoxious and I yeah. think it's like, I'm not like, don't say on this fucking show, like just quit. But I would have been raising fucking hell. If I was Chelsea and I was pregnant, I was on a fucking stage and a fight broke out. Ooh, you better believe when I they're throwing a fit. When there was like already an altercation. Yes. When and a phys- they let them all back on stage. Yeah, when there was an attempt at a physical altercation two hours before. Exactly. Yeah, I would have been. Ooh, I would have been livid with MTV if I was them. Be- and I also, like, I would have been mad at Kale. She's, like, not mad at Kale at all. That seems, like... Actually, I if I like- was Chelsea and I find out that Kale and Brie had that fight in the fucking conference room, I would have left then. I would have said, no. Not yeah. going out on stage with anybody. I'm done with this. We'll film... I'll film my segments. I'm not doing any group scenes. This is ridiculous that you guys are allowing this type of situation to happen. I'm not doing this. That's when Chelsea should have pulled out before they even went on stage together. As soon as she heard there was a... After what happened last year and them screaming at each other, knowing that there was already an attempt at a physical altercation, which of course she knew about... Everybody at the fucking building knew about that. I would have been done. I would have never walked out on stage pregnant. 
And I'm not blaming Chelsea for it. I'm just wondering why that was not her breaking point. Yeah, I, I wonder what their contracts are for, like, these reunions and, like, how bad something has to be to walk away from it. I mean, I still would have done the rest of it. I would have done my segments. Yeah. I just would have sat in my separate, separated by floor dressing room <laughs> during the moments <laughs> thing. I'd be like, no, I'm not going on for that. They attempted to fight earlier, and I don't trust you guys. Yeah, I I agree. And I think Chelsea weird... needs to be more proactive. And Chel- and I think what bothers me about Chelsea is that she's right in a lot of si- in a lot of these group situations. Is that she- but she's not actively protecting herself and her family, and then gets mad when things happen and like tweets later about it. And it's like, girl, like, don't bring your daughter. Don't bring your son. Don't go on stage when you know there was already an attempt at a fight. Like, stand up for yourself. Be an advocate for yourself. Also, Chelsea just makes it, like, really about herself. (laughs) Well, yeah. I just don't. It's it's just too much. And I do think that Kale is starting to isolate herself. Not isolate. From Leah and Chelsea. Yeah, like, I think they're getting really done with her because I think at first Leah was like, well, I have the whole, you know, I have most of the cast behind yeah. me on this. And now they're mad at Brianna, too, because I've created these situations where they can get mad at Brianna. And, but now they're, I think they're realizing she's going too far with it and she yes. will drag them with her and she doesn't care. I think so, too. I think especially Leah. Because I think yeah, Kay, I think Chelsea yeah. I think Chelsea always kind of knew that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like in a way, I think Chelsea knew that, but I think Leah didn't feel that way at all. And I think Leah genuinely like wanted to go back to bat for Kale. And you could tell at the end when Leah was talking, she was like so done with Kale. I bet she did not have a good time in Hawaii with her. Oh yeah, I wonder. Maybe they didn't have a very good time in Hawaii and then this happened. And she was like, bitch, I, really? I think that's the first time they've ever gone, like, on a full vacation yeah, with I one another. The first time they've, like, legitimately hung out for more than a day. And you really, you really get to know someone when you're on vacation. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, during the podcast, Kale said, like, she's not scared of her parts for the reunion, but she's very concerned about the unseen moments. Kale says... Brianna's mouth is reckless, and she's making false accusations. So, the crux of this entire fight is that Brie went on Instagram. I'm laughing because this was, like, so awful, what Brie said. (laughs) It was so unnecessary. It's indefensible, what Brie said. And she said, uh, Kale's baby daddy beats her in front of her kids. Now, I need to point out... Let me point out that Kale, okay, there was an article on the Ashley, you know, like the biggest teen mom gossip site, uh, that Kale is directly quoted in, and it's about Chris. And in the article, Kale does not mention her, Chris physically assaulting her, but she gives quotes like, um... You know, he just can't be involved in his son's life right now. Like, I'm trying to do what's best for my son. And in the same article, production sources and a close course to uh, a source close to Kale are saying things no. like 
yeah, Bone, obviously, are saying, like, Chris punched a hole in the wall at her house. Chris tried to break, broke a door trying to get into her house. Uh, and that Chris hit her while she was holding Lux in front of people, including production people. Now, from where I'm sitting as an avid Teen Mom gossip site reader, Kale would never have given direct quotes to the Ashley because Kale doesn't give direct quotes a lot. She gets on Twitter. She talks on her podcast. She talks on the show, but you don't see her, like, talking to Radar often. Like, Javi and Radar talk, like, all the time. Barbara talks directly to Radar. (laughs) But Kale doesn't give direct quotes almost ever. Like, I, I can't remember a lot of times, like, Kale's directly spoken to anybody, except, like, you know, like, on her own terms. Like Yeah, like her pregnancy. Yeah. So... For Kale to give, I find it very hard to believe that Kale would give quotes to the Ashley not knowing what the rest of the article would look like. Because why Why would she do that? What Would she benefit from that? So I'm of yeah, belief and- that Kale sold the story that Chris hit her while she was holding Lux. Oh, I agree. And also, if even if, like, she didn't, like, if that wasn't true, Kale would say it wasn't true. And she she would, yeah. and she never did. She's never made a comment about it. She just let it sit out there. And Kale loves Twitter. So it's not as if she didn't see it and she knows it exists. She gave a quote to it. Yeah. So might as, it's also, good as fact. The Ashley doesn't bait and switch uh, when it comes to quoting. The Ashley's not mm-hmm. perfect. She's gotten stories wrong. But I will say that she's not like Radar or Sarcasm, and she's not as big as them. She doesn't have as much money. I think a lot of her sources are just, like, her connections, you know? Like, I don't think she's paying a ton for them. Um, And I don't think Ashley would risk – it's weird to just call her Ashley. I don't think that Ashley would risk burning that bridge with Kale forever, just like publish something that's unfounded. Like what what would the Ashley really benefit from that? She could have easily run that story without those production sources, you know? Mm-hmm. And the source close to Kale. Like she could have done a story on Kale's quotes alone. So I just I Kale is the one who put this story out there, essentially. Kale is the one so Bree didn't just make this up. It didn't just come out of thin air. And I'm guessing Javi told her this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, it's not... I think a lot of people are assuming that Brie just kind of, like, made that up. But Kale... And for Kale to be, like, false accusations of people you don't know... And this is what is the most infuriating thing about Kale is that she's allowed to talk about anyone and anything as much as she wants. But nobody else is Mm. ever allowed to talk about her or her life. And she does this all the time, constantly. She's, like, the biggest hypocrite in the fucking world. So it's like, she's like, they're out here making false accusations about someone you, they don't know. Like, first of all, why do you give a fuck about what they say about Chris? Except I think Kale and Chris are back together. Although I don't know if they were mm-hmm. when this was uh, when this was on. But Kale's obsessed with Chris because it's like the one guy that just will not have her no matter what she does for him. Um, <laughs> oh, I wonder how much money she spent on Chris. Oh god, I can't even imagine. She she bought she's those dogs make... for him, like those designer, like multi thousand dollar dogs. She just put a quote out, maybe um, 
that he was the first love of her life. Yeah, which I actually believe. But I think it, like, to her, she believes that. Yeah, like, like, he, she can't get it and control it. Yeah. And she's, like you said, she's obsessed. So I think she loved Joe and that Joe was, like, an escape from her mom. You know what I mean? I think I think all of her high school boyfriends were like escapes from her mom. And then I think Mm -hmm. Javi, she like loved Javi, but he was like an escape from the life that she was living and offered her like stability and benefits. And he fucking was obsessed with her. And I think that was like the Mm -hmm. first person that was ever like obsessed with her or like really, I don't know if Javi loved her, but he like showered her with attention and control and I think she at first was very attracted to that and so she's like well yeah of course I love Javi um yeah and I think Chris probably is the first guy that she's like genuinely deeply in love with for reasons that aren't like he's rescuing me from my mom he's rescuing me from like living in this shitty apartment like having to work a million hours a week um I think Chris is the first guy that she just loved you know like that she met like, when she was doing well mm-hmm. in her life, and she just, like, loves him, and it doesn't have, like, all these strings attached to it, and all of these conditions, and I think then it's fueled by him, like, refusing to be her boyfriend. Oh, God. It's... I'm very curious to see how that situation plays out. Like, I do wonder if she's gonna try to get pregnant again. Honestly, Chris and Kale's relationship is the best kept secret in Teen Mom. We We don't know anything about it. And Chris is very smart for that because I can't even imagine how bad that would be if he was on the show. We have no idea when they even met. <laughs> we don't. They could. I think they were probably hooking up for a long time. Oh yeah, like I mean, they were hooking up way way into you know like their divorce proceedings. I bet way before. I bet they were hooking up like a year before Hobby even deployed. Oh yeah. That's easily because every time she talks about him, she just talks about how, like how long she's loved him and yeah. stuff like that. I'm like, oh, you don't even care. Yeah. So like, keep yeah. a keep a decent timeline on that one. Yeah. Um, we got so oh so yeah so Kale is the one that put out this Chris beats her story. So let's not get it twisted that Brianna just like came up with this out of nowhere. And is, like, making false accusations against people out of thin air. But I'm 100% not defending Brianna. That was really shitty what she said. And we all know Brianna talks shit on Twitter. But I also, like, she wasn't coming for Kale's kids. Yeah, I agree. Like, again, also not defending Brie because that was a horrible comment. But was hard to feel bad for Kale is that she was saying it was a false allegation and acting as if like none of us had heard this this is like common knowledge it's you know written in the teen mom book it is a fact and so it just seems like a weird lie and and I didn't understand why she was backtracking if she would have been like that is no one's business and you shouldn't use that against me. Well, that's like, that's disgusting. What's actually wrong with the, 
the comment, I keep wanting to say tweet, but they kept saying it was on Instagram. What's actually wrong with the fucking comment is that Brie is implying that Kale's weak for being abused. And that Kale's weak yeah. for being abused in front of her children. And that's why it's so fucked up to say. Because that's a disgusting thing to imply or to say. There's not, I mean, nobody is a bad person for being beat in front of their children. That doesn't make them weak or a bad person. That makes the abuser a bad person. And if Bree, or if Kale had one set, one ounce of sense in her, she would have gone for that. But instead, she's like, she's bringing my kids into it. She's bringing my kids into it. She's bringing my kids into it. Like, no, bitch, she's insulting you about something really disgusting that shouldn't be insulted. Yes, completely agree. <laughs> it's just, it, the whole episode was me going back and forth between them and being like, okay, like, really redeem yourself. Like, use some common sense and then they would just <laughs> do the opposite and i'm like no why are you acting like that no. and then the other one i'm like okay Bree, you have the upper hand here really use it and then she'd be like fuck that yeah i'm gonna scream uh, like a banshee we'll get, we'll get to that but yeah kale like really had a chance to like shame brianna for shaming domestic violence uh victims but because that's what brie was doing <laughs> Like, yeah. And that's why Brie kept saying, like, saying she wasn't taught, like, she kept, whenever she'd, like, repeat what was going on, she would never even repeat the thing about her kids. Because Brie literally doesn't understand why Kale thinks it's about the kids. Because to Brie, it's so clear that she was insulting Kale. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. like, Brie, it's so... Bree's like so on another field. You know what I mean? Like Kale is like, you're insulting my kids. And Bree's like, she wants to talk shit about me, but the moment I talk shit about her, she can't take it. Because she genuinely like does not understand like what Kale is saying. She I think is thinking like, why doesn't Kale get I was calling her weak? <laughs> Nothing to do with her kids. She's like Janelle in that way. Yes. Brie and Janelle are similar in that way. In that, like, they do these insults that are, like, crazy, and then people, like, come back at them, and they're like, uh, what? <laughs> That's not, like, what I'm talking about. Why are you taking it like that? That's, no. Yeah. So, Kale does say, part of me wants to hit her, and part of me doesn't feel like she's worth a mugshot, or part of me doesn't feel like a mugshot in charges is worth it. I'm in co- I'm accomplished. She's not. Okay, this is why I'm 100% on Bree's side. Kale walking around like she's the fucking queen of England is infuriating to me. I'm accomplished. I have a college degree. I'm a New York Times bestseller. Bree hasn't done anything. Like, first of all, Kale, you've been on TV for 10 fucking years. Bree's been on TV for like one minute. Like, yeah, of course, Bree isn't as accomplished as you. But like, if you weren't ever on TV, you'd be living the same exact life that Bree is living right now. Exactly. And it, oh, it just was not a good look on her. It seemed very classist. It seemed, which is hilarious. Kale is like PWT all the way through. She just got lucky. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which, like, more power to her. I'm all for upward mobility. 
You know what I mean? It's fucking awesome that her kids are not growing up the way that she grew up and that her kids are living an upper middle class life and that they go to private school and that she has a nice car and a beautiful home. Like, that's Like, I'm not knocking that in any way, but, like, Kale is the epitome of forgetting where you came from. Oh, yeah, that's the thing. It's just, like, she can't understand. Like, I would never say that to someone because I would immediately be like, oh, they can just throw back in my face that I got it all for the show and they're doing the same show. You know, like, it was just common sense. I mean, even even you, Jesse, who, like, you've worked hard. It'd be like if you're, like, you live in a trailer, like, to someone. Yeah. And they'd be like, yeah, "Yeah, bitch, you grew up in a trailer. Like, so what? What about it? Like, and you didn't earn your way out of the trailer through TV. Like, you did it with hard work. And you know what I'm not, and I've definitely said, like, the teen moms deserve more money than they even make. Like, they sacrifice their souls and privacy and everything for this. And I don't knock that. And I don't pretend, like, it took no work whatsoever. Because I think it came at a great, great cost to them. But, Mm -hmm. like, it'd be like if you sat here and you were trying to be like, well, they're just... They're trash and they don't deserve anything. Like, it's just, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, well, I think it's just because Kale has, like, really dissociated from that part of her life. Yeah, and she has low self-esteem. And she knows in her heart Mm -hmm. that she's the poor daughter of an alcoholic. Yes, exactly. It's just. Kale, Kale likes to erase that part of her life. And then, because, and I think too, I think she says those things about Brianna because she hated that stuff about herself so much. Yeah. And like, I don't think anything she said to Brianna would hurt her feelings. No. But to Kale, that's, that's such a hurtful thing to say. Yeah. She says a lot about her. Yes. Um, I don't know. I just hate Kale being like, I'm so accomplished. It's like, first of all, like, it's not that Kale's not accomplished because she did write two books and I've written zero books. Like, I'm not saying Kale hasn't accomplished anything, but to act like it's like somebody that's born with like a multi-million dollar trust fund telling a poor person just to pull them up by their bootstraps and work harder. Like, I feel like that that's how Kale is acting. Like, Kale hit the lotto and acting like she did this all on her own with nothing. Yeah, yeah. It would be as if she won the lottery and it, then she... Kale's, Kale's an accomplished writer. You know what I mean? Like, like she's a New York Times bestseller because she has 4 million Instagram followers. Like, Yeah, like, if Kale just put that book out and no one knew her, it would not have the same results. This she is wouldn't not have a been Harry able to Potter get book. a book out. She wouldn't have been able to publish. No, not at all. And it's that's the thing. It's like again, like same as you said. I am happy that she did. She used her sources to do those kind of things. That's admirable. Yes. But also, don't pretend like you didn't have that help. Like you denying yes. you didn't have that help is not a good look. It also- makes you look really stupid. Also, let's all just, like, lay this fact down on the table and let's all, like, you know, like, smell it in, sit in it, think about it. Janelle has a fucking book now. So now that Janelle has a book, like, none of the teen moms are allowed to use having a book anymore as, like, a brag 
because Janelle Evans put out a fucking book. So, like, putting out a book means literally nothing anymore if you're a teen mom. Yeah, the only person that hasn't put a book out is Brianna and Chelsea. I'm sure. Brianna, Chelsea, and Leah. Brianna, Chelsea, and Leah are literally the only ones that have not put books out. Oh, my. Could you imagine if Chelsea put a book out? I would kill myself before reading it. (sighs) I would as well. I mean, Deb has a book. Like, everybody has a book. So it's... it's good to use your platform, but, like, don't don't forget where you came from, girlfriend. In ten years, you could be broke as a joke, you know? And crawling back. Okay, so Leah came to New York without the kids, and she's not even talking, planning on talking to Brie at all, which I think is for the best. I think uh, Brie and Leah don't need to speak to one another again. <laughs> like... I think yeah. it's okay. I don't think they need to be, like, in a fight. I think they can be civil. I think, hi, how are you? But I don't think they need to talk to each other beyond that. I think Brie really fucked that up. And Brie should have let, uh, when Leah was, like, trying to talk to her drunk after the New Year's Eve party, Brie should have been like, you know what? We're cool. Like, I get it. It's fine. And when she didn't do that, I think, she, like, it became clear that they would never be anything more than, like, semi-civil to each other. That's the thing I'm talking about. It's like Brie had the upper hand at that moment and could have fixed it. Yes. And she just stuck her foot in her mouth. Yes. Okay, so this is when stuff gets good. So we find out that Kale has reached out to Brie to talk. She sends her a text. I want to comment real quick on Bone's outfit. Because it was tough. First of all, that orange beanie with her red hair is like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, I love redheads, like, don't get me wrong, but like, that orange beanie on her red hair and ginger skin was not the best choice. You're going to be on TV, you know? <laughs> you're on camera. I always think about that. I'm like, you're going on TV. I would spend... Like, if I was, like, a friend of the cast and I had to go do a reunion, I would spend days trying to figure out what I was going to wear. I feel like you should either be, like, Becky and just wear, like, sweats or whatever because you're lounging around backstage and who cares? Or go, like, full Shirley. Well, I guess Shirley has... But Bone has a good body. It's not like Bone is fat or has a bad body. By the way, I say that as a fat person. Not all fat people have bad bodies. But you get what I'm saying. Like, it's, like, it's yeah. not... Like, Bone could wear a really cute outfit. She just doesn't. Those shorts were so short. Her chub rub must um, have been so bad. That's what I was thinking. Like, I can't wear shorts because no. my thighs rub together for more than 10 minutes above a 70-degree room. Like, who you're going to be, oh. like, duck waddling the rest of the day. I wear shape. I wear dresses to work every day, and I wear shapewear under all of my dresses. Although it's not really shapewear; it's just like underwear that's like, like it shorts. looks like Spanx, but it doesn't like mm-hmm. hold you in like Spanx. Essentially, it's like Spanx without the elastic, if you will. Um, I call it like shapewear light, basically. And um, I like that. Yeah, they're the best. So I wear that under all my dresses, and all my shorts have to be, like, a certain length. And I'll wear them under pants if they're, like, linen pants where the crotch is too low. So, like, it doesn't mm-hmm. – so that my thighs rub together. So I was oh, concerned yeah, that's about 
Yeah. It's a it's an issue. I was concerned about Bones' thighs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you gotta at least put some deodorant on your legs. And uh, that doesn't even I work just, for that long. Not long it enough. doesn't. And those shorts look like they had got caught in a paper shredder and she <laughs> got them out just in time. Like yeah. It was not a good look for her. It is not a good look for anyone. Also, I'm pretty sure this was, like, in March or April. Yeah, it's, like, cold out. Yeah. It was cold in New York through, like, May. Like, the end of May. So, I don't know. Um. So, what do you have exactly what Kale said in the text? I didn't. I, I know she said um, that you brought the same energy and do you want to talk? Yes. So that's why Charlie and Bree were like, what? Yeah. I just feel like you got to go in a little more detail when you say something like that. Yeah. The one you'd have not spoken to. Yeah. Bree and Charlie were confused. Morgan basically convinces Bree to go into the room and Bree's like, we're, no relationship is getting fixed, but I'll go hear what Kale has to say. So, okay. Leah comes down and Kale's like, oh, I'm going to talk to Bree. It's the same shit going on. And Becky is in there. And this, I think, is the most important part of this whole episode. And I want to detail, detail, I want to talk about this in detail. So. Kale's putting on her sneakers, and first of all, which is important, because why, like, you don't have, I'm, I find it hard to believe she didn't have slides there, you know, that she was, like, mm-hmm. walking around in. Um, I find that hard to believe. But okay, let's say she was, like, innocently putting on her sneakers. So, she tells Becky that she's going to talk to Brie, and Becky starts laughing and goes, you just got your hair done. And Kale's like, yeah, we're just going to talk. And Bree's like, or Becky's like, okay, you should put your hair up. And Kale's like, no, we're just going to talk. And Becky's like, okay, I'm just saying, I know you're going to go in there to talk, but uh, put your hair up. And Kale's like, I don't need to put my hair up. We're just going to talk. And Becky keeps laughing at her and being like, okay, okay, but put your hair up. And we see Kale walk out of the room and put her hair up now. Then we quickly see Leah getting her hair done. And Leah asks Becky, like, oh, do you think they're going to, like, talk and bury the hatchet? And Becky laughs in Leah's face. And Becky might as well call Leah a dumb bitch here. She goes, you really think that's going to happen? Weren't you just in Hawaii with her? Like, come you know they're not going to make up. And is laughing in Leah's face at the idea that they could possibly make up. Now, I present to this to you as Exhibit A that Kale planned to fight Bree this entire time because Becky fucking told on her that whole fucking scene. I agree. And once you see Becky basically give it away, you realize every person she's having a conversation with is giving it away. Yes. But Becky, like, deeply. is Yeah, like, she, like, Becky and Javi. Like, yeah, well, Javi outright. doesn't come later. But Javi makes it very yeah. clear as well. But right now, you're watching the episode, and you're like, like, she said that stuff to, Kel- to Kelsey, to Chelsea. But, like, I think we've all had, like, 
those moments where, like, oh, she isn't worth it. It's not like, I'm not going to fight her. Like, that's not worth it. Of, like, someone you don't like. I've said that about people that I literally had no intention of ever fighting. Like, that I would never fight. But I'm like, oh, she's not worth fighting. I want to hit her, but it's not worth it. Like, that you can kind of let slide. But the way Becky acted and how she laughed in Leah's face when Leah said, do you think they're just going to talk? Made it so clear to me that she'd been telling Becky all week that she was going to beat Bree's ass. Yeah. Oh, I think Kale has been obsessively talking yes, about this. which is also, I agree because Becky, like how Becky said, like, weren't you just in Hawaii with her? Meaning, like, haven't you been listening to her talk? Sh- weren't, didn't you hear her talk shit the whole week you're away? Like, that's all she talks about. You should, you should know. Yes. Absolutely. Which is sad. Yeah. I I just thought Becky made it, couldn't have made it clearer that Brie was planning on fighting. Or excuse me, that Kale like was if, planning on fighting. If Kale wants to be mad at anyone, she should be mad at Becky. Because Becky really was like, uh, you, you're on your own on this one. Yeah. Like, you, you're making choices, whatever. Yeah, and for and Kale put her hair up. She just got her At hair first, burned out. There was no reason for Kale to put her hair up in that situation. The first time I watched it, I thought Becky was telling her to put her hair up because she thought Bree would, like, come after her. And then the second one, I was like, oh, God, this, okay, this makes way more sense. Yeah, as I told, I've never been in a fight, but I had this moment... My freshman year of college, where this girl and I had had this issue. It actually wasn't my fault. Like, she was a little crazy. It's this whole thing. But she had been talking shit on me and talking shit on me and talking shit on me. And I was so sick of it. I had never been in a fight before. But I had seen fights. I wasn't stupid. And I got this idea that I was, like, gonna fight her. So I put on... I'm, I'm not a strong person. I don't have a lot of upper body strength. And so I pulled my hair back really tight. I didn't wear any earrings because, like, I'm not stupid. I watch TV. Like, I know how to, use, I know how to fight. Uh, I have a general idea of, like, how you go into a fight. And I've seen girls, like, get their hoops ripped out before. And I didn't want that to be me. So I wore no earrings. I pulled my hair back tight. And I put on my biggest ring that I owned because my thought was, like, I'm probably, if I fight this girl and this girl was strong, I, like, I knew my, I was like, I'm probably going to get my ass beat, but I'm going to get in, I was going <laughs> to, this is so sick. I mean, I was 18, remember, guys? I was going to aim for, like, right under her eye, like, her cheekbone, and try and get, like, one good knock with my big ring to her cheekbone, and then, like, she would beat me up. Like, I, I had a feeling that was going to be, like, how it went. <laughs> and I went up to her, and I was like... If you're going to keep talking shit, I cornered her in the a hall, like, in the dorm in a hallway, which was really stupid looking back. We could have gotten a lot of trouble if we had fought and got caught. And I was like, if you're going to talk shit on me, let's just fucking fight. I was like, I just want to fucking fight you if you're going to keep talking shit on me. And honestly, I can't really remember, like, how she responded to it. I just know we didn't get into a fight. It was actually, it squashed whatever we had going on because she realized, like, I just didn't want to be doing this with her. Um, but, yeah, I pull, I did a kale. Like, I pulled my hair back. I had on, like, shoes that I could fight in. 
and I was ready. And you had your tennis shoes on. I don't think I had tennis shoes on. I think I probably had on like Uggs because it was winter time. <laughs> I like how that was your go-to fighting shoe. Was well, a I mean, we were going out. Like it was, we were pre-gaming oh. in the dorm. Like what? I was oh, going to wear sneakers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess your feet would be really warm while you're getting your ass beat. Yeah. Well, I was wearing the <laughs> outfit and shoes that I was going to wear to whatever party we were going to. Like, with your with your chic, was it like a, a Kardashian like middle part sleek uh, low bun? Were you ahead of the time for your fight look? No, I'm sure it was a low ponytail, like a pulled back oh. middle part low ponytail. All right, I'll take I, it. I was like, I'm gonna fight this girl, and I'm ready to get beat up. And that's the thing. I went in it like ready to get beat up. And I told people, I, mu- I, told, I must have told my friends that I was going to fight her. And I was mentally ready to get beat up. And I think that's the problem with the second biggest problem I have with Kale is besides the fact that she was planning on fighting Brie this whole time, is that she was planning on fighting Brie and then like cried like a baby afterwards mm-hmm. that there was a physical altercation. And that it involved... Can you hear that in the background? I heard the dog. Okay. (laughs) And that it involved um, Brittany. And it's like, bitch, you know Brie and Brittany come in a pair. And you know Brittany's going to be there. Yeah. Like, there's no doubt. Like, there's no, like, time or place where Brittany would just sit there. It would be shocking if Brittany sat there. And the the reason that she wanted to fight her in that room alone is that so Kale would have her one on one, which like mm-hmm. what like fine whatever you get her one on one. Although she knew they wouldn't even fight because security wouldn't even let them near each other. Like you get each other one on one, whatever. But that's also not real life. Like you don't try to fight someone with her crew there and expect them not to jump in. Yeah, and like you also don't have access to a controlled fight where only one person gets a hit and then it's completely stopped. Yeah, if Kale really wanted to fight, she would have went to Bree's hotel room. She would have what? She would have went to Bree's hotel room. Oh yeah, or caught her outside, like Brittany was saying. Yeah, it just—it was very like very stupid and like very um um obvious that kale didn't really want to fight her but wanted to like you know um yeah like piss on her territory basically so they go into this room we see security tell brie where she has to sit there's two security guards in there there's like a conference like it's a conference room (laughs) and like they're obviously sitting like across the table from each other and we don't see it but they're mic'd up and i also don't understand why uh, Kale's like, I don't want to talk to her on camera. It's like, so why are you going on with a mic on? Just let cameras she in there. Knew. She knew if there's only audio, I can visually say what happened. Oh, that's but like, there, you know, like it can't. Like they can hear me, but they can't see what I'm doing. Yeah. So as long as I'm the loudest, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and Kale opens with this line, which makes it so obvious. Like, Kale could have walked in and been like, Brie, I'm really over fighting with you. And I'm going to be honest. What you said really pissed me off because I feel like you came for my kids. 
And it was fucked up. And my feelings are hurt. And I feel like you crossed the line. And I want to apologize for everything I said. And I'd like you to apologize to me for that tweet. And I just want this to be over. That's what you do if you're trying to squash some beef. Even if, like, you don't really feel sorry. Even if you don't really feel sorry. You, like, go in there and you're like, look, I... I apologize for my part in this. And here's why I want you to apologize. What is what does Kale do? Why don't you tell me why you felt comfortable commenting what you commented on Instagram? I want to know why you felt so comfortable telling me what you said about my kids. You don't want me talking about your kids or your mom. It's like, of course Bree's not going to apologize for that. Yeah, like, what person in the world would not be defensive to you responding like that the moment they walk into the room. Yeah, why don't you tell me why you felt comfortable? Because I did, bitch. Like, what does that mean? And that was something that worked. Like, it, everything said in that fight was so pathetic. It was really sad. So pathetic. Like, just like, like, Kale in her own way sounded really pathetic with the way she was trying to like confront her and make it seem like she was going to fight her. And then Brie also like you could tell was caught really off guard and mm-hmm. didn't know what to say. And she just kept repeating the same thing over and over. And the thing is Brie had like could have said many things to her, but she like blanked and she had like neither of them had any valid no to make to one another that's a hundred percent it and i do think that if kale had gone in there less aggressive brie would have agreed to like yeah i'm sorry like it wouldn't have been genuine but they could have came away with like some sort of civil apology position yeah because i don't think brie gets off on them fighting but Kale does. Kale needs an enemy on the show. She always needs an enemy. Also, and, you... like, she... Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. On. Oh, I was just going to say, like, she doesn't have that hobby as much anymore. And, like, mm-hmm. she's just not going to let this go. And she thinks it's going to give her sympathy. Yeah. And what I was going to say is, like, I think Brie is an internet thug in a way. Although I would never use the word thug. But I think Brie does like to just tweet shit and, like, tweets. And it's like, whatever. That's annoying, but you don't have to be her friend. She's not going to come to the reunion and talk shit and fight you. Just be like, okay, Brie, and walk away from her. Like, you guys don't have to be friends. Like, you, Kale talks shit, too. I loved how Kale was like, I said to her face what my issue was. Like, Kale hadn't been tweeting up a fucking storm the whole time. And, like constantly retweeting stuff and liking shady tweets like get the fuck out of here kale's the same way kale's also an internet thug so it's very funny that she's accusing brianna of it and i really do think that if kale just had been less aggressive brie would have agreed to like be fine with each other and everybody could have moved on but kale escalated the situation yeah and i another thing i thought was interesting and a weird why was that she was when they get further in, she was saying that Bree didn't curse at all in the room when they were fighting. Oh, yeah, that was so weird. Because she was trying to and say, was like, like, she wasn't being bad. But Kale right away was like, but you do it anyway! <laughs> like, screaming <yeah>. right away. 
Yeah, it just went into screaming and a lot of cursing on both of their parts. And I'm like, that's such a weird lie. Yeah, I actually have written down because Kale goes, I want to beat your ass. And Brie goes, for what? And she says something about tweeting. Brie says, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to say what I want to say. Why are you acting like that? You're not going to do shit. Bitch, stay the fuck away from me. Several, several curse words to choose from. Has Brie ever not cursed? (laughs) Yeah, like she's not shy of cursing. It it was so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kale's screaming, who do you think you are, Brianna? You're talking about someone's kids. And Brie's like, I actually kind of love the way Brie's voice sounds when she's screaming. (laughs) I don't know why. She's like, it's very strange. Time. <laughs> I just, it's funny because we don't hear it like ever. No, she's so monotone all the time. Very yeah. like, like Janelle. Like when you hear that, you're like, oh, she's she's having an emotion right now. Yeah, and by the way, like it's clear that uh, Kale is up and at her because Brie had screamed like, "Stay the fuck away from me!" Because Brie was not intending to fight. <laughs> and. Oh, God, it just reeks of kale, like, planning all of this. And it just, every time I, the more I think about it, the more pathetic it is of kale. Like, Brianna looks bad in this, but really kale looks the worst in it for me. Um, when Brie goes to leave, kale says... She wants to act like she's street, and I'm going to treat her that way. At least I think that's what she said. Yeah, I didn't catch that. But that that sounds on brand for Gail. And then, like, they come out of the room, and Shirley's in the hallway, and Bree's in the hallway, and Kale's in the hallway, and, like, a million security guards are in the hallway. And they're just, like, screeching at each other. I didn't even really write down what they were saying because they were just like screaming like, you talk about me. No, you talk about me. Well, the the Brie starts putting up her hair in the hallway. And I'm like, yeah, she really wasn't prepared for a fight. Yeah, Brie really. And I mean, I bet Brie, if not Brie, I bet she's seen Brittany fight. I don't know. I feel like between Brie, Brittany and Shirley, like they fought before. Kale maybe has. I'm not sure. I feel like Kale's only really hit someone in a position where she is in power. Like a significant other. Like a significant other. Exactly. I mean, it's not funny, like, but... But it's Kale's brand. Um, yeah. so I, I think this was a little out of her league. Yeah, so Shirley's screaming at her. Bree's putting up her hair. Security's forcing them back. Kale's like, shut up, Shirley! By the way, Shirley looked beautiful in this episode and her dr miami work looks impeccable her body looked incredible this whole not that it usually doesn't but like in this episode she was like in all black and those tight jeans and that tight shirt i was like damn shirley i know did she get her boobs done i think she might have gotten her boobs done. i don't i still don't know what she got done but she looked incredible she did look really and not good. fake i'm here like, for she shirley didn't, she didn't have a huge ass like her boobs weren't out of control like she just looked like her body be banging. Yeah. Very jealous of Shirley. So they go back into Bree's room and like her dressing room area. And 
Shirley basically explains, like, yo, Kale came in in sneakers with her hair up. Like, she clearly came to fight. And Brittany's like, but security was there. And they were like, yeah, we know. And Brie tells us that Kale came across the table and tried to hit her. And Brittany's like, she tried to hit you? <laughs> Brittany's pissed now. Brittany's pissed now. And Brie lets us know then that she's like, she said that, like, I talk about her, but, like, I saw all the texts from Javi. And I was like, oh, show the text. <laughs> oh, my God. What I wouldn't give for Brianna to release all her texts with Javi. Oh, uh, but you know that bitch deletes everything off her phone. Oh, God, she is one of those people. I hate that. I know. Ugh, you know Ooh, that she does that. Sidebar real quick. Mm-hmm. Did you see when they're fighting in the room that they had on the room next to it, they had a thing for Total Request Live? No, I didn't, but that's because Total Request Live, like, re- was rebooted. I think it's already canceled, though. Oh, damn. I was like, wait, what? I was like, it's coming back, but, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, YouTubers were hosting it. <laughs> not even kidding. Ooh, no. That's oh, why no, I knew no, about no. it, because some of the YouTubers I watch were, like, part of it. <laughs> I think it only, I think it's already been canceled, but producer, oh, so they're in the room and, uh, also like their cousin is there. And I just thought once again, it's so obvious that Brie was not there to fight because Brie, Brittany and Shirley and her cousin were all laughing about it. They're like, that was ridiculous. Like, it's so obvious that uh, Brie kept saying that she was like, Kale just said, I want to hit her once. And Brittany and the cousin were laughing at that because they're like, hit you once? Like, what does that even mean? Like, she either wants to fight or she doesn't. That No, Kale wants a controlled fight. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's like, everybody calms down and the producers ask uh, if everybody can go on stage together. Which, at that point, they should have known. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, it's been, like, a couple hours by this point. I, I When when Amber and Farrah got in a fight, did they ever allow them back on stage together? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't so. think so, yeah. Well, no. Anyways. If you'll remember, Farrah then refused to go on stage. Yeah, I couldn't remember if she sat on her own couch or if she didn't come on stage I think at she all. She didn't go on stage. And now we get to the real climax and the fun of this episode, which is crazy because that fight in the room was like pretty peak entertainment for me. I know. I didn't know we were getting such a show at this point. Hey guys, to hear the rest of this week's episode, come on over to patreon.com slash EB Psychos. Thank you all so much. Have a great week. Bye. This has been an episode of Feathers in My Hair, an Emotionally Broken Psychos Patreon exclusive. Executive producers Molly McAleer and Liz Bentley. Produced by Nicole Matthews. Special thanks to Sarah DiGiovanna for our logo. Head on over to our Patreon page for more rewards www.patreon.com slash ebpsychos and come on over to our Facebook page for more discussion.